Hi, are you sick and tired of paying hundreds of dollars a month for cable or dish? GNR TV is your answer. These guys have an incredible 100% legal product that is a cord cutter's dream. For as low as $25 a month, you will get over 400 HD channels, including all major sports packages, pay-per-views, premium movies, and entertainment. To get started, all you need is a streaming device, such as an Amazon Fire Stick, internet, and a desire to save a ton of cash. No contracts, no credit checks, no hidden fees. I myself have been a subscriber, and I must say, this service is amazing. To learn more, search GNR TV on Facebook or Instagram, and I will also be posting a link on my pages to check out on my podcast website. Lastly, for first-time subscribers, use promo code SIRS30 to save $5 for your first month. GNR TV, streaming done right. Let's get slicing and dicing with Sir Sturdy Horror fans. On this podcast, you will hear me and a guest do some movie reviews, random funny horror chats, and whatever else comes to mind. So tune in, kick back, relax, and always remember, I'll see you in your nightmares. Well, just Jason's mask. How's it going, ladies and gentlemen, horror fans? I'm back. Horror with Sir Sturdy. I have my guest, Dave. How you doing? How you doing, Aaron? Thanks for having me. I'm doing pretty good, man. Thank you. Um, so the movie we're gonna be reviewing today is The Evil Down the Street, and it was <laughs> I enjoyed it. It's the second time watched today. I actually just got finished watching it before we started recording, and how did you feel about this? Um, I really enjoyed it. It's actually I watched it again this morning to uh, refresh for this um, interview, and I liked it better the second time. Um, I've seen some new things involved with the movie that I didn't see the first time, mm-hmm. and yeah, I really enjoyed it. I'm I'm with you on that 100%. I, honestly, like, I'm not going to give you my rating now. That'll be later, but it definitely went up a little bit, and like, from the first time watch, I, I'm not going to say I didn't like it because I did like it, but the second time watch... You got, you just seen more. I felt like I seen a little bit more. You kind of heard a little bit more and kind of just, for me, I focused a little bit more. I'm like, yeah, this was a, this was a pretty good movie. Pretty good indie film. Yeah. You, I mean, when you watch it, um, you got to take, it is a smaller film. Mm-hmm. So when you're, you're watching it, you're not going to have a lot of stuff these big budget films have. Yeah. So you got to go in and take, give it a shot and actually focus on the story and see how it how it all falls in at the end um but watching it the second time around i noticed a lot more things in the story mm-hmm. that i didn't catch the first time yeah i'm i'm really with you on that and like like you were saying watching it the second time you do catch more and i feel like you appreciate it a little bit more too definitely and just with um, I've mentioned this before, and I know I'm gonna mention it plenty of times again. With these indie horror films, I feel as you know, the more they're coming out, I'm really loving that. I'm loving that they're all on Amazon Prime too. But um, I feel they're the backbone of horror nowadays. Like they just, Definitely. 
I know it's like a starting point for a lot of people, which is a great thing. But I feel with these, they're putting out a lot. I'm not going to say they're always putting out new ideas, but they are putting out something fresh. And even if they put out a similar or the same idea that's been coming out for years, they put their own spin or their own twist on it. And you just, you appreciate it a lot more. And with this movie in particular, we were just discussing how the, um, Craig, the producer of this movie, Craig, he, he's a real nice guy. And you were telling me how he reached out to you. You want to tell that story for the listeners? Uh, sure. Um, I ended up coming across the devil, um, the devil down the street, uh, came up with my Amazon Prime. I read the synopsis to it and intrigued me, so I, I watched it. Um, the very next day, he had made a post on, on Facebook, say, getting the word out there, indicating that, hey, check out his movie. Um, it's a movie written by him and David Espedito. I think I corrected, said that right. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, check it out. So I made a comment saying that, um, yeah, I enjoyed the film. I really like it. I even made a joke about his character in the film because um, he plays the neighbor, uh, Bill Lawford. Yeah. Yeah, Bill Lawford. And I made a joke about him and his wife because they they bicker in the movie, and it's kind of funny. It is. And it... And it I told him, I was like, yeah, you actually portray the typical husband-wife scenario. You know, you always have one either yourself or your wife, one of you two, they talk too much. (laughs) And you always give (laughs) conversation, and there's always that bickering back and forth. It's funny you say that. I didn't mean to to cut you off with that, but just before I forget, it's funny you say that because with this second time watching, my wife actually sat down and watched the movie with me. And when that part comes up, she was like, that's kind of like me and you. She's like, I either yeah, talk too much or not enough. Uh, and I was like, yeah. definitely my wife, except it's me talking too much. Because, um, <laughs> <we, laughs> like, there's many times she will go to go to a family function or mm-hmm. mainly a work function. But her, she'll say, hey, Ari, just can you not say something because you're just going to make trouble and then I'm going to have to clean it up. Like, <laughs> Oops. Uh, I don't. So I just I'll be quiet. I won't talk. <laughs> yep, yep. So, and, and he reached out. He came. He sent me a message, um, a friend request, and next thing he just he thanked me personally for actually sitting down and watching his movie mm-hmm. and actually, um, you don't get that most time from actual writers and directors of certain films. I agree. So. It makes it more special when you watch a film and somebody actually that made the film reaches out. I agree with you on that. So I makes you feel kind of good. It's like, hey, you, you actually care. Yes, I agree. And, like, he, pretty much the same thing. Oh, um, we were talking about Lance. Great guy. Had him on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. And he's he actually referred this movie to me, recommended me this movie. He told me about Craig. He told me about Dave Esposito. Did I say that right? Esposito, yes. That's, that's how yours. And then he told me about you. And he was like, uh, this movie, he was like, I know someone who would really love to review this movie with you, Dave Martin. I was like, cool. You know, let send him my way or whatever. I think he added, I don't even know how me and you connected. I don't know if we started talking because of my Facebook group, which is the Horowitz Our Sturdy group. 
Uh, yeah, it was. It's Lance. <laughs> Lance. But uh, he's. He um recommended. Recommend you as well. Yep, he's 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 real good at that. Recommended movies and all that. So yes. big shout out to Lance. And like, he was right. <laughs> you want to review this movie, and the movie was good. And like, I, I like how he is passionate about horror. I love how he's passionate about the horror movies, and how he's real passionate about the indie scene. Me and him were talking about that stuff before too. Like with the whole indie scene, it's like uh, how I was just mentioned how it's like the backbone of everything with the horror genre. And then I like how. I like how a lot of people really stick together in the indie scene, whether it's the movies, the podcasts, etc. Like it, it really takes all of us to help. It's help each and every one of us grow. For each and every one of us to grow, it takes all of us. You can't just do it alone, you know. Right. No, I would say um, I've met Lance about a year ago. Say now we've never met physically mm-hmm. in person, but we've been talking that long and. Uh, he's definitely big into the indie films. Yes. And it's his passion and his love has actually persuaded me to more into the indie films. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I gotta say, I'm, the more I watch them, the more and more I'm starting to love them. Because there's so much passion and heart into making them. Um, yeah, anybody who has a big budget can make a movie. Yeah. And... And if you notice, a lot of the horror films that come out today, they're not really, they're just thrown together, and there's really no substance behind them. They're just like, hey, let's make another sequel to to this horror franchise, and let's just get it out there and see if we can make some money from it. Mm-hmm. So when you, um, when I was talking to, to Craig, uh, I even mentioned it to him, and and he, he told me many times, he's like, yeah, you don't understand how hard it is to make a smaller film like this. And when you're making a small indie film, these people put in their, their own personal money, their own personal time and effort, and taking that little extra care to actually make a great movie. Not just, hey, let's just throw it out there and see what we can get out of it. They want to put their time and effort into actually making a great film. So true. Which is, which is what, when you watch a movie, that's what you want. Mm-hmm. You want to, anybody can go to a movie on for two hours and let it walk, let it be in the background and you're watching it and then think, all right, all right I'm just going to watch it while I do this. But when you want to sit down and actually watch a film, you want to get lost into it. You you're right. watch it and you want to see the story and you want to think, man, that really got to me. That, that, the story it's there's really something there and it shows when you actually put the care and actually do it i agree and me personally my favorite type of horror movies is slashers as you can kind of see with my shirt it's a friday the 13th shirt with all the jason's victims yeah but i'm start. i just told my wife earlier like i'm starting to get more into the supernatural slash paranormal type of movies just just from watching, like, films like this, you know, the, the movie we just fought, watched and we're about to discuss. And I'm, I'm starting to open, open up more to those movies. Not that I didn't like them, because I always liked them. But I'm starting to love them, I'll say that. Because I love the slashers. I just, I just love the uh, in-your-face, brutal gore, all that crazy nonsense stuff, whatever you want to call it. But this movie was, this movie was like, the complete opposite of that. <laughs> the complete opposite of that. because yeah. there's... there's... No blood. No. Um, it's all about suspense. Yeah. And, with, and 
but with this too, like I watched like supernatural type paranormal type movies. This was calmer than a lot of the other ones too, which wasn't a bad thing. I feel with this movie, I think it was a really good movie. Don't get me wrong, but I feel with this movie, like say if somebody's just starting out in the horror and they kind of want to start with say the paranormal supernatural, this would be the right gear to go because it's not too over the top scary to where somebody's going to be freaked out over the movie. If it's, you know what I mean? Like I said, if, again, if they're just starting out or if you're watching horror, cause you love horror, that's, that's, you know, that's another topic though. But I think this is one of those movies where it's like, Hey, you know what? Say you, I don't know if you have kids or not, but say you got kids. Yeah. I got two daughters. They're not big in horror. Okay. Well, I mean, <laughs> um, they, they laugh at me cause I watch it. If they wanted to get into it and say, I don't know, say 10, 12 years old or whatever. I started around like five or six, but, that's, we grew up in different times. <laughs> yeah, my kids are 9 and 10. Okay. Um, I got into it when I was young and been to it ever since. Uh, my mother actually got me into them because she watches horror. And the first horror movie I ever watched was Halloween. Nice. First Halloween and just the start of it with the music and just the look of the, the mask. And the music alone is what sells that movie. Mm-hmm. And you hear just from the very beginning during the opening credits, it scares the hell out of you. I love it. And John Carpenter's score is just phenomenal. And um, I, I ended up watching that one Halloween night, and they like say it scared the hell out of me. Okay. I was too scared to go to bed, but the adrenaline I had, I was scared to go to sleep. But I loved every minute of it. Yes, yes. <laughs> you know I was what gonna... I'm saying? It's like, and it just grew from there. And I think it was um, Evil Dead. The, the first um, Evil Dead movie with Bruce Campbell. Mm-hmm. Um, the scene with the girl when his, his girlfriend was floating through the door and laughing like, and her face was all made like a clown. <laughs> um, that was the second horror movie I ever watched. Again. It, it scared the hell out of me. But you and, loved every and, second. But I loved every minute of it. And and it just grew from there. And like you say, I'm I'm most common to slasher films. Mm-hmm. Like Halloween has always been my number one, the first movie, or the first two. Okay. Um, and then um, Friday the 13th has always been the second love. I've Ooh. always... And I can love every single one of them. Uh, I've had more appreciated for... The ones that most people don't really like. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Halloween, no, Friday Thirteenth Part Five is probably the the weakest link because it wasn't Jason Voorhees. Okay. But if you actually watch it, it's the kills are they're good. Phenomenal. They're very brutal. That and they weren't cut it like they were in Part Seven. <sighs> Unfortunately, so they were. I mean, <laughs> see, with Part and Part Seven is my favorite one, but. The kills were still good, but if they weren't cut the way that they were cut, they would have been so much gorier and so much better. And with Definitely. especially with, the the head crush. Yes. The head crush when you when you actually see the actual edited version of that, and so definitely part seven is definitely good, and I think the makeup artist on Jason's look is brilliant. Yes, and that. With that movie though, I did a okay. I did a countdown earlier episode. I did a countdown. It was me and my brothers, and um, 
at the time, my favorite was part three. But I, I was at a Scaracon last this past October, and I was on a I brought my podcast there, and I was on a panel, and I was on a panel with um, Tina, the doctor, and I don't remember the guy's name. I'm, it, the Jean Jacket, him. Um, the guy that played adult Tommy. No, 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 not not Tommy, not Tommy. No, that and was part, part six. Three. He was no, no, no. Sorry, part part seven's my favorite now because I was on a panel with the doctor. Remember Tina's? Remember Tina's doctor? That was played by Terry Kaiser. There you go. Thank you, Terry Kaiser. I know Terry's weekend great. at Bernie's. And you you met him? I met him. I met Lark Park Lincoln. And I met uh, I think his real name is Kevin. Kevin something. He was. He played like uh, not even her love interest because they didn't really get together in the movie. But he was in part seven. He wore the jean. He wore the jean jacket with the jeans. Right. Uh, he's. If you read a lot of interviews on it, everybody says that him and Laura Park Lincoln didn't have any chemistry. They didn't. They were they were dating or they trying to get together, and he didn't do anything but fall in, fall in a hole. <laughs> the, well. So. In I guess in real life, they bumped heads a little bit. I I can't remember the story exactly, but they they're cool now. It wasn't like crazy, crazy. I guess they bumped heads or whatever, but they're cool now. They're cool years ago. But anyway, that being on that panel and part seven was like my second favorite anyway. So being on that panel, jumped three and you know jumped those two, switched those two around for my first and second. And like I think a big reason why part three was my favorite. Don't get me wrong, it's an excellent movie. I loved all the Friday the Thirteenth movies, but uh, just the iconic mask came into play in part three. I was like that that right there is what everybody knows Jason by. There's people who aren't even horror fans who've probably never seen a Friday the 13th movie, but they know that mask. My niece is... All, they should all thank Shelly for bringing it. Yes. <laughs> thank you, Shelly. Like, my, my niece, for example, she's five years old. She's never seen a horror movie. She's never seen... But she knows that's Jason's mask. And if you... I don't know if you had a chance to listen to any of my episodes, but if... When you get to listen to an episode, this goes for everybody... You hear the beginning, you'll hear you hear the intros and stuff, and you'll hear my intro at the very my last intro, and you'll hear somebody you'll hear a little girl's voice saying it's Jason's mask, and it's my niece saying that because my brother, at the time, well actually when I was doing the countdown, he sent me a video of my niece. I I had a um a pink Jason mask that I gave to her, and I guess my brother asked who you know whose is this or who is this, and she's holding it and she's like it's Jason's mask, and he sent it to me the video and I was like listen, can you Take the video out, put the audio in, and just add that in my intro. And that's been in there ever since. So that's awesome. Wow, that's that. awesome. Yeah. So when she's older, I'm like, listen to this. That's you. That was you when you that's were you. little. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. So I guess I know what got you into horror. It's funny you just went right into it. I love how you went right into that, the movie that scared you. What kind of got you into horror? Because I always ask that. So I guess we can dive right into this movie. And I'll let you start off with it. Um, you want to go into the movie and do a, like a synopsis on it, or you just want to talk about certain scenes? Uh, honestly, that's all up to you. Whatever you want to bring up first. If you want to do a synopsis, you can read the synopsis. That's up to you. If you want to just dive right into the movie, that's cool, too. I'm cool either way. Uh, we can say the synopsis is, um, the evil down the street is about a family that moves into a new home, um, while they're packing a come find a Ouija board in the uh, basement cellar. 
Um, the kids start playing with it. The mother uh, catches them. She starts tinkling. She asks the board if it's possessed. And if you notice the board, it, it points to the word yes. Mm-hmm. And then as the movie progresses, she becomes to be a little more on the demeanic side. Like, come more, more and more, the, uh, like she's been possessed by some kind of a demonic yeah. being. And the husband and the children are starting to be afraid. So they get the ass to help of the neighbors. The neighbors um, recommend the town priest, which is Father Bob, come by and bless the house. Mm-hmm. And he realizes he has a possessed being in his house and he has to take care of it. Yep. Um, I mean, we can start off, I'll say that I really liked um, Elaine Gerard as the mother and wife. Um, I've done a little looking up. She's not been in many films, and she has a short, and I think one other film before this. Okay. Are they horror? So, horror related or? Uh, I don't think so. I think one is called The Interview. I think it's a movie. Okay. And for thing, I haven't seen it. Um, but I really like her take on it. Mm-hmm. She, as the movie progress, um, you can really tell where it's starting to frighten the other family members, the husband and, and the two children. Mm-hmm. And I really liked um, the oldest daughter. I thought she was really good in the film. Yeah. Um, I think that's. Her name was Tara Malante. I think. Yeah, Malante. She she played the oldest daughter. Um, she seemed to um, be more aware of it before anybody else. Mm-hmm. And uh, I really like um, David Espino as the as the father. The I first did not. time you see him, he's, you don't ever see a priest uh, doing push-ups in a hotel room or knowing he was in his office and he was doing push-ups and then he gets Call. angry because somebody called his phone. Father Bob, yes, <laughs> so yes. Father, yeah, Father Bob. That, hang on, since we're on that scene, funny thing, not only was he doing push-ups, but he has a, a tattoo of a cross on his back. Right, it's on the, and when we're watching this, tattoo. my wife is like, "Is he? What is he? A, a prison priest? Because <laughs> he's doing push-ups <laughs> with his shirt off. He has a big ass tattoo, <laughs> tattoo on right. his back." And I'm just like, "This like, like the, you, the first time I seen it, I'm just like, that's kind of strange." And the second time I seen it, I seen it, but it didn't really like, it didn't hit me like it hit me the first time I seen it. With that, until she made that comment, I was like, "Oh, you do have, you kind of have a point right there. It's a little, right, it's the, different." That's the first time you see him. Yeah. First time you see him. Um, the husband, uh, Michael is, is calling him because his neighbor, mm-hmm. uh, gave him the business card and said, here, he wants you to call him. Yep. And so when you're calling him, the first time you see him, he's in, looks like an office and he's, he's got the shirt off and, and he's doing push-ups and he just stands up and he's getting mad that somebody calls him. Yeah. Hey, I mean, and when he turned around, like he said, he, he's got the full cross tattoo on his back and uh, I agree. It looks like he's like he's doing push-ups in a prison yard or something. Yeah. <laughs> and 
Funny thing, second watch of this movie, I realized that Craig was um that one of the neighbors was Bill. I didn't realize it the first time. I don't know how I didn't realize it the first time because I talked to Craig on Facebook quite a few times. I looked at it again. And I was telling my wife, I was like, yeah, I'm going to have the director and the producer on here in a couple of weeks. And she was like, oh, that's cool. And I seen Craig's face pop up. And I was like, oh, I was like, wait a minute, is that him? Yeah, I thought about it for, I thought about it. It took me a couple of minutes. And then it was the second time you see him in the movie. I was like, that's him. She was like, what are you talking about? I was like, that's the, um, that's the producer that I'm going to have. And I'm also going to have the director. And I did not notice that David was in this movie as well until you just, <laughs> until you just mentioned that. Right. Because um, Craig Herons is the neighbor, Bill Lawfer. Yep. And David Esposito is Father Bob. Yes. Um, and I gotta say, I love uh, Craig's character in the movie because in both scenes, it's him and his wife, mm-hmm. and they're carrying on. And you gotta love the banter. Oh yeah. The banter between the two. Because so, it's, it's so realistic. Well, I mean, right. yeah, as Anybody you know, you're, you're a married man. You know how the banter is. Yes, everybody has it. And, I would say and, the, the only difference is being married. I mean, actually, we're going on three years this coming up July 1st. But um, you learn to shut up as a man. Because nine times out of ten, we're wrong, even when we're not wrong. So we're just like, you know what? Well, I'm just going to shut up. Yeah, you have to. <laughs> In my case, I don't sometimes. <laughs> I see. I just do. No, uh, uh, my wife's more the quiet one. I'm the guy that always likes to. I continue it. I keep it going. And she walks away. She's like, just stop. And she'll walk away. <laughs> and I gotta stop. And you, like you see, I, I should probably take your advice and learn to shut up. Yep. <laughs> Try. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. I like how this movie, like with the whole the family kind of thing, like I. And I was just, like, noticing things in the house, like, just the regular, like, knickknacks around the house, the rant, not family photos, but, like, the, um, like, the pictures you'd get from, like, I know they didn't get them from here, but I'm just using this as an example, and this is not a sponsor, people, but, like, the pictures you get from Walmart that you're hanging up on the walls with the little nice sayings and all that you see around the house a little bit, and just, I like, little things like that in movies really stand out to me more so than they used to, just because I'm, like, I think it's more because now I'm grown- you know, I'm living, I have a, I mean, you know, I live with my wife and all that. We live together and you have a house. So it's like, you don't just see an empty house or when you're watching a horror movie, you don't really, but as a kid, when I'm watching a horror movie, I don't really pay attention to the scene. Like if it's Jason, yeah, you know, it's in a camp, you know, it's in a cabin, but that's really all you pay attention to. You don't really pay attention to everything else around the scene. But as I got older, I'm like, oh, wow, there's pictures on, <laughs> there's pictures on that wall. Oh, there's a plant. The biggest thing I noticed, um, the house is very white. Yeah, it is. It's like real the, bright. The floors are white, the walls are white, and even the counters in the kitchen, everything is white. Mm-hmm. So the only color you're seeing in the film are those pictures. Yes. In the, in the, in the backgrounds. Um, the only other scene that that isn't is when you go into the cellar. Now, the very first shot is when they go into the cellar. Yes. So when you go into the cellar, everything is very dark. And gray. It's got a gray or a brown hint. Yes. Yeah. Uh, look to it, and so everything in the cellar area is very dark. So I guess the way to portray it is like the house. Um, now the first time I saw it, I thought it was when they found the Ouija board. Mm-hmm. Is when everything started to happen. 
Mm-hmm. And that's why they had to call Father Bob to come in and take care of that. But when I watched it the second time, um, I kind of missed the conversation with the previous owner um, had the same same issue, uh, except she went to further a, and further more in yeah insane with doing it with this. Uh, they they portrayed it as demons. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why he had um, the neighbor give him the card. He's like, look, when they move into the house, I need to come and bless the house because he knew what they were going to go what they were in for when they um, moved in. Mm-hmm. I didn't catch that the first time watching it. So when when I rewatched it the second time, I noticed that. And that's where the neighbors were telling the husband, Michael, hey, like, um, what is it? Craig's wife oh. was Penny. And she she kept talking. And, like, the first time they met, she was just went right into about the previous owner and what happened to her. And I think they said the husband had passed away or he had died. And she just went further and further um, insane. Mm-hmm. And she got committed. So that's why they got the house. Now, I thought it would have been kind of strange them just finding a container in the cellar with a Ouija board in it. And nobody just not throwing it away. I was thinking like, that same thing. Like, just that box in general, I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, okay, because the realtors were there. Right. But don't they go through, I mean, they go through the house if they're selling it. Don't you kind of go through the one last time and just get rid of stuff that shouldn't, you know, just whatever's in there. He's like, you know what, let me just get rid of this. And they just, maybe they didn't go in that room. Maybe they didn't notice the box. I don't know. But that's something that I feel. But, I mean, at the same time, it was possessed. It was evil. So it had to be there for whatever reason. Maybe there was, maybe there's a reason why they didn't go there. Or maybe they knew about it and just. Wanted to get rid of the house. That could be another thing. Maybe. Maybe it's... Because, I mean, you're watching through the whole movie. And certain scenes throughout the film, I think to myself... Because uh, there is a scene in the movie where the family goes on a day trip. Mm-hmm. And the oldest daughter stays behind. And she... Because she was talking to her friend. And her older friend... Um, yeah. Was saying, look, I got to find the board. I got to find the Ouija board. I got it because um, Lisa Snow was still in the house. Mm-hmm. And, well, she finds it. I don't know why she didn't take it because she found it and then buries it away and then goes back and acts like she wasn't doing anything. Um, and also in that very scene, um, they were in the car. And um the main, the, the mother, her name was Katie. Yep, Katie. She, um, she notices that something wasn't right at the house and wants to go home. Go, yeah, because she so was. She uses the excuse. I need to get my phone. I want my phone. Yes. And I need the excuse. And, and of course, Michael, he's just driving. He's like, I'm ignoring her because we need this day to get out. We need to get mm-hmm. away from all these issues that's going on. And to the point where she actually grabs the wheel and screams in his face and like this demonic voice. Yeah, I need my phone. I and need my phone. He's like, okay. And he's like, okay, let's go home. And she knew the, the daughter was going through the stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm, 
I'm assuming the, that the the board is with the Ouija board is connected to the house. Yes. So they probably the realtors probably didn't even go down in the cellar. Maybe they put it in the cellar to get it out of the way. And then what? So when they sell the house, nobody's going to go into the cellar. Into that room in the cellar too. I, right, the room I, in I, the I, cellar because it's in the the far corner room of the cellar in the dark. So. You know what's funny too. Definitely, I know. I can't remember the first time I watched, but the second time watch, maybe even both times with knowing me. But definitely the second time watch because I said it out loud to my wife. Maybe that's why I'm remembering it more. Is as soon as I went to the cellar and they showed the cellar, I was just like, "Oh my gosh, that would be such a great room to just set up, clean up, and podcast in." Just because it's yes, it would. <laughs> and I didn't necessarily. I didn't mean because the whole evilness down there. I just meant just because I'm thinking like it's down in the basement. Because, like, where I record now, it's up in my attic. Right now, it's hot. <laughs> like, it's down in the basement, so it's it's always going to be the coolest room. It's always going to be cooler. You're not getting a lot of sunlight. You're not getting a lot of heat. You got the cement walls. You know, it's kind of cool down there. I was like, as long as it doesn't get wet down there, if it's nice and dry, perfect spot. It's like a perfect little man cave spot. Beautiful. Yeah. I would love it for a man cave. Um, I would use it for a movie room where I can get my surround sound and I can blare it as, how, as loud as I want. Yeah. I don't have to hear any complaining. Hey, turn it down. Yep. The kids are trying to sleep. A little or, bit of um, both. Uh, it's that's all around the best spot to be. Yeah. To do just whatever. Or watching the films. Like I said, you know, you could do. You could actually do a little bit because the podcast is just my laptop, my mixer, my mics. So I can have both. I got a TV over here, so you know. <laughs> Do it, it all. <laughs> it, yeah, it would work out and just soundproof it. That way there's no sound coming in or going out. Boom. And that was, oh, man, that was the funny, though, because I was like, that was the first thing I thought it was freaking podcasting. And, like, I'm at the point now, it's because I'm watching horror a lot more and doing this podcast where everywhere I go, I'm either thinking of this will be a cool spot to record or this can make this area would be a cool horror movie. Like, <clears throat> just about one second. About two or three weeks ago, maybe four, I did a podcast <clears throat> on my friend my friend's podcast called uh, Stories from a Bar, and we were recording at this brewery, and we got a little tour from the brewery, you know, in the brewery, seeing all the, where all the stuff was made, the beer and all that, and when they brought us to this one part, it looked like a little science lab, first thing, I, I'm just thinking like, oh my goodness, this would be such an awesome horror movie in a brewery, that would be amazing, like, it just snaps right to that, I'm like, <laughs> My friend, and what made me think of this before we get back to the movie, because my friend was like, do you always think of horror movies, like, everywhere you go? I thought about it for a second. I was like, honestly, yeah. I was like, I do it without even realizing that I'm doing it. It's just, like, a normal thing now. <laughs> like, it would be a cool... Yeah. There's a lot of guys I work with. Mm -hmm. they, they're in, they have the impression that I'm a, uh, that I am, like, Michael Myers, or like, <laughs> some kind of a serial killer. And I was like, Why? He said, because I have a walk, because I kind of walk slow at work, but I'm always right behind you. It doesn't matter how, you could be further ahead, mm -hmm. and they turn around, I'm there, and two seconds later, I'm right directly behind them. <laughs> and they all laugh about it. And I just sit back, it's like, I don't know where you get that from, but they all know I watch horror, so. Yeah. And I'm always talking horror movies, or movies in general. Mm -hmm. Same so, with me. Yeah, it's, I think it's a trait we all have. It is. Um, we just we start talking and 
Yeah. I don't know. We just like, hey, do you ever talk about anything else? And like, no. What, why would you? <laughs> <laughs> what else is there to talk about? There, there's nothing. It's all this. And like, there's times where I've I've scared people, not even purposely. Like, I'll just like, what are you doing here? Like, I came like if you're from at work, I go over to ask somebody a question. And it was probably like, oh, you scared me. And like, I I really wasn't trying to. I was coming over. I was coming over here to ask you a question about something. <laughs> I wasn't trying to scare you. <laughs> I don't always try I, to do I that. I've actually done that. I, I, you talk with my mother, you get a lot of stories. Mm-hmm. Like I did when I was younger. Because um, when I was younger, uh, do you remember the? Um, McFarlane Toys had a um, movie maniac series. I do. I don't remember from when I was a kid, but I know now because I collect that kind of stuff now. So I have a few McFarlane things uh, here and there. Yeah, I had the entire series oh, of the awesome. movie maniacs. Nice. I ended up selling them to a collector because um, I had all the um, all the originals. Mm-hmm. And because he had, I think there was five series. There was. Um, and the first series was all your classics, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, uh, Halloween, Friday Thirteenth, Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second series was Pumpkinhead, uh, The Thing, from John Carpenter's The Thing. Um, they had Child's Play. Um, they even had, as the series progressed, they went into different things. They had mm-hmm. King Kong. They had from the Terminator. Um, I think series two came with a child's play two figure. And there was a time when, I mean, I was a, I was a young kid. It's in my, in my early teens. Um, my, my mother doesn't like ventriloquist dolls. <laughs> she has a, like, she's terrified. Of them. So there was a time where like I took, I had, um, I had the Chucky figure and I put it in the, in the, into the hallway, into my living room. So when my mother came home from work, uh, she would turn on the light. So when the light does, it, the way I, the way I positioned it, it would cast a shadow on the wall. Oh, so nice! This little, this little Chucky doll. When she turned the light on, the first thing she would see is the shadow of this doll, and it came with a little knife. So you can move the hand up, and you can have the knife. So when it casts the shadow, that's the shadow she saw on the wall. So she came home from work one night. And turn the light. It scared the hell out of her. And the whole time I'm in my room just laughing. Because I had everything shut down. She didn't even know I was home. And I just, the whole time I'm like laughing. And, and yeah, she didn't like me after that. Because she doesn't <laughs> like ventriloquist. She, I, I watched her. She walked over to it and like kicked it into the other room. Mm. And um, I I do that type of stuff. That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. <clears throat> I'm not even going to I love that. That's. Yeah, it, it was awesome. Cause I like, of course she, she, um, she'll tell people stories to that. She's been telling my kids that, and my kids are yelling at me about it. And I'm like, hey, it's what I do. <laughs> I, I do it to my wife all the time. I find some ways to scare her, and she doesn't like horror. Oh. And so, my wife don't like horror at all. And so, no, that's why, um, I actually met a lot of the guys in the call classic horror group. Mm-hmm. Um, because I've always been into horror, and so I, I met a lot of guys through there. So they entertain my horror, and yep. she can sleep at night. There you go. See, my so. wife and she loves horror, which is a great thing. But like everybody I grew up, with, a lot of people I grew up with, I'll say, 
my older brother, my cousins, and then my younger brother, my younger cousins, my other brother that is in Colorado. Now. Like, we all grew up liking horror. I, as a matter of fact, what got me into horror was my, my older, it was my older brother and a few of my older cousins. Like, when we would, when we would all be at one house, either my mother's house or my aunt's house or whoever's, we would watch horror movies. They would, but they would, I was younger than them. Like, I'm about, I'm trying to think. I'm about seven years younger than them. Younger than the youngest one of them, I should say. So they would let me watch them with them all the time. And it would scare the crap out of me. Like, it would scare me to the point where I would have to ask them to walk me to the bathroom, to use the bathroom, and then walk me, like, walk me to the bathroom, stay outside the bathroom till I'm done, and then walk me back to, but I would go, always go back and watch the movies with them. And it got to the point, like, where I am now, as far as doing the horror podcast, as you can see, I'm into horror more than they are, as far as my, you know, my older cousins, my older brother. I'm into it more than they are now. And I'm just like, that's, that's kind of awesome. And it's just, it's just, a, it's such a fun genre. I love all, like, I like all types of movies, don't get me wrong, but horror is just that thing. It just, there's just something about horror that always grabs your attention. Like, no matter what it is, it can be a great movie. It can be a terrible movie. I can say, hey, I seen a movie about a killer turkey. Some, where? How can I see that? Here it is. <laughs> Thanks, Killing. Thanks, that, Killing. That's one movie I always bring up because I really enjoy I really do love that movie. I enjoyed it so much. Hilarious, too. But There, there was a movie, um, when you bring up like small movies like that, mm-hmm. there, there was a movie that I rented it from, uh, from Blockbuster. And my older brother just, he could not believe I was watching this movie. And the, you ever seen Monsterd? Mm-mm. I'd watch it though. Yeah, it, it's even like I said, my mother and I we sat and watched, it, and it, it's it's about a uh, mass murder being transported to a prison, mm-hmm. and they're driving. It's of course it's a real snowy night, snow's coming down, and they they slip on the wheels uh, on the road, and they crash into a uh, um, septic truck. Oh. So, and they crash into the septic truck, and then both vehicles, they fall down a um, a cliff, and they ended up going into some a radioactive type of plant. And of course, he's a mass murderer, so he he becomes a walking, murdering uh, pile of shit. So, he he basically he's going around this town being a big uh, monster that's why it's called monster and and it's it's the, one of those really corny films yeah like like it's like whoever thought hey let's make a movie about walking poo <laughs> and <laughs> and let's have it kill him let's have him kill people <laughs> oh, man. see that's intriguing to me like I would really so, watch that movie right. I, I gotta find and, it and it's um and how they how they stop them is hilarious. Uh, I I'd rather you go and you check it out, so I don't I don't ruin it for you for you because it's it's one of the best things on how that they stop this murdering piece of crap. <laughs> so like like I said, my brother he's like, how do you watch that stuff? I was like, why wouldn't you watch it? You can sit down and watch it. It is so stupid, mm-hmm. but it's good. 
Um, same with like the Jack Frost films. Oh yeah. We read the Mutant Killer Snowman. It, it, yeah. It's pretty the same premise as that, except it's. Dude. He's a. He's a <laughs> poo. <laughs> he's he, he's shit. So. That's hilarious. I would definitely watch something like that. Definitely. Oh my gosh. It's it's an older film. I'm gonna have to. Look, I'm gonna look for that. Yeah. This. So. Oh, go ahead. Oh, uh, so what was your one of your best scenes from, from the Evil Down the Street? Like, one of my favorite scenes. Hmm. Oh, that's a good question. You want to answer that one first while I think of one? Cause um yeah. Um, I have like I have two good scenes. Um, would have to be uh, both times when um the husband Michael finds Katie in the cellar. And the first time is when she's just sitting there in the shadows, mm-hmm. and uh, he's asking her what she's doing, and she's actually playing with the Ouija board. And he's sitting there. Uh, he walks down, and she's she's wearing the uh, the negligee. Yes, that was one and, of mine too, with the red light uh, on, red lights yeah, and she's the candles. The red light on, and, and the whole room is is kind of dark, but you you can only see. Um, half of her, mm-hmm. and I thought that was a good shot, where it's kind of um, her sitting there and she's playing with the board, and he and he's asking her like, "What are you doing?" And she's like, "Well, let's play with this. Let's let's we're gonna have so much fun." And and then a normal person would say, "Let's just get this thing out of my house." Yeah. And she's like, and then she gets, of course, um, she starts. Um, put in advances on him, and he's like, he wraps her up and he takes her upstairs. Mm-hmm. Like that scene was kind of that was a good good scene. Uh, the other scene would have to be um, after the dinner party, mm-hmm. as um, when when uh, Father Bob goes to the dinner party. Um, that scene was really um, it was another really good scene because. They're all eating dinner and everybody's thing, and all of a sudden you can tell that when Father Bob walks in, he's only there for one reason, and he, he, you know, he's going around. He's like, "Hey, I want to invite you to church," and then she immediately goes to the attack, like, yep. "Get out of my house! Um, get out of my house!" She's like, I, "I don't even want you here." So, but she, she starts. I don't know why, but I had like a uh, the second time watching it, like. You ever seen when a um, when a cat doesn't like something and it hisses? <laughs> I thought it would have been very cool if she kind of did that when he walked into the kitchen, like just because he already knows that she's in a state of with the uh, deep possession, yeah, possessedness. And so he's already in there for one reason, and because he sits down and he's trying to be uh, very polite, and but he's only facing his, all his actions on her. Mm-hmm. And she sees it. Now, I don't. Did you get an impression that this demon knew who he was? Yeah, I think so. Like I, I know she knew he was a priest, but I think so because I remember early or no, it was it was around this scene. Remember when they went upstairs and she's talking about how I remember when you were a twelve year old boy peeing on yourself all the time, right? And he's like, I'm not that same twelve year old boy, and like. 
Yeah, I do feel that way because he's he knew well because he knew about the house. He knew about the previous family because he gave them the card. So he knew about that. He had to have known about that demon. Right. Or maybe he knew about a demon in general. Maybe not that exact demon, but he knew about a demon at least. Probably that demon. And it just, yeah, I do feel like he knew about it. And I'm going to tell you my my favorite scenes before I forget was the scene in the basement. And then I like the scene where, the remember, oh, what's the young, hang on, I have it right in front of me. The younger daughter's name, Maddie. When Maddie comes downstairs from her room because she hears something downstairs. And her mother's like in the corner taking taking like a robe off, whispering in the corner. Yeah, she was laughing. She had on the or, white. That's what it was. The white thing. I couldn't, that scene happened so fast, I wasn't exactly sure what she was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, cause she's in the room and he, yeah, Maddie comes down the stairs and he, she, she looks over and she's hearing this, the, the laughing, uh, the laughing. Yeah. And he looks over and you see her. Now she, um, I didn't really, it happened so fast, but that is, that is a really good scene. And then, uh, with, just, just that whole, from that scene to when she goes upstairs and her mother comes in her room. And when she comes in her room, she's like leaning over her. You hear her breathing, but you hear the demon. You hear the demon breathing. Yes. And was she good. And then like the father comes in the room, and the mother just kind of backs off. And like before the father gets to the room, she's like she hears him coming before we even know he's coming. Let's say, and she kind of like backs off into the corner of the room, and the father's kind of comforting his daughter, and she, you know, what's going on? Did you have another nightmare? And then she's like, yeah. And the father pops out of nowhere. From the same corner, uh, yeah. What do you have? One of your other stupid, your other stupid nightmares again, yeah. or something? I'm like, damn. <laughs> but like, it was just a like, good scene. She's like, you have another stupid nightmare again. Um, because she also did that. Um, well, I think it was the night before, where the, where the husband Michael heard the noise, mm-hmm. and he goes, he's going downstairs. Remember, she was asleep, and he hears the noise. And I was since she comes out of nowhere, she's like, where are you going? Yeah. She's like, well, I heard a noise down. He goes, never mind that. Come to bed. Yep. And, and he just, I never understood why he listened. Because, I mean, if you hear a noise in your house, I'm going to find out what it is. But this is a horror movie, so maybe mm-hmm. you don't check out the noise. <laughs> yeah. He, so, but, um, he, I like, you know what I like, too, about that? Is like, a lot of times when stuff like that happened, when she wasn't, I guess you can say when the demon wasn't really taking over her at the moment, she didn't remember any of that stuff. Like, she was like, what are you talking Like, the potatoes were a great example. She had the girls peel the potatoes. She was like, I have to go upstairs and lay down for a while. She's like, peel all the potatoes. She comes back down. She's like, what's with all the potatoes? <laughs> what's with all the potatoes? Right. What was with all the potatoes? <laughs> and she was like, you know, the girl's like, Mom, you told us to do this. She's like, no, I told you to peel some of the potatoes. And... When I learned, like when I watched it the first time, I couldn't. I don't remember what she said to them the first time. I'm like, no, she did say finish peeling these potatoes, and she had all those damn potatoes out. I'm just like this. I don't know what it is with the potatoes though. I mean, I I like potatoes about as much as the next guy does. You can do so much with them, but I don't. You don't need that. You needed what was it? Four Two girls, potatoes. four potatoes, <laughs> may, maybe five in case the father wanted one more, maybe. Unless you're making mashed potatoes, then you need the whole thing of potatoes. But you don't need a whole like, what, two bags. Two, two bags yeah, two bags, two big bowls of potatoes. You don't need that. You weren't making potato salad. You weren't making mashed potatoes. You didn't have no. company that night. <laughs> you weren't making French fries or potato chips. So no. 
But hey. yeah, I was I was gonna ask you about the potatoes because I didn't understand. I don't uh, know. I think it was just. I honestly think it was just one of those things, just with the demon kind of saying one thing or doing one thing, and then the mother kind of just saying like, you know, just to show when she's kind of possessed and under it, and then not as not as possessed, or maybe the demons. Not in as much con- as as much in control as it was previously. Maybe I really don't know, but because you got like once once she was possessed, you got that throughout the whole movie. Bits and pieces, like throughout the whole movie, she was getting possessed more and more and more towards the end. And you know, after you know the demon leaves her, which I know I'm jumping around in the movie. I always do this, but I just want to say this part. Because my wife, <laughs> my wife mentioned this part too. She was like, the demon, because I guess, the, you know, the demon's supposed to say their name for you to be able to, you know, get it out of the body and all that stuff or get it out the house. And she was like, I didn't hear the demon say, you know, I didn't hear him say his name. I was like, I don't know if he did or not. I was like, I don't think he did. So but anyways, the demon comes out of her. You don't see it come out of her, but the demon comes out of her, the mother, Katie. And the family gets up and they finally leave. They finally all leave for the day. Because remember they left the house two times earlier in the movie. The first time was Michael, um, Maddie, and Christine. And then the second time was Michael, Maddie, and Katie. So they never left as a whole. And the last time they left as a whole, this is the end of the movie. You see the curtain? Remember the, the curtain? The curtain is, uh, because you see, you see a, um, I don't know if you see a head, or you see kind of a shadowy figure in the window. Yeah. Well, and fir- then you see the curtain move. Yo, first, you actually see, because remember when they're leaving, you see from the upstairs window, from where the curtain's over, you see, like, the camera shot panning down on top of the car as they're pulling out. And then you see, then it, yeah, as the car's driving out of the driveway, you see the curtain like this, and you see the curtain just drop. And my wife was like, wait, that's it? She's like, this is how they're going to end the movie? She's like, so she's like, they're going to church. She's like, they're going to church right now, but the demon's still in the house. So when they go back home, the demon's still going to be in there. But I'm like, maybe that's opening it up for a sequel. Hopefully, you know. Maybe because the that's why if you like you say when you watch the film, mm-hmm. um, Katie only leaves the house that one time to go into that um, the day out. The, you're right. Where Michael wanted to have a family day out. And you're right, Kristen stays behind because she was trying to find the Ouija board. Mm-hmm. And so, but even before them, she says, I have things to do. Yeah. And I, I don't, I can't go. And he gets angry and he yells at her, says, get in the, get in the car. And she gets, she gets made to get in the car. Um, that's why I think the, um, the whole, the board, the Ouija board is, is possessed the house. Mm-hmm. Because every time you talk with her, she never leaves the house. And when she's is talking, she says, "I have things to do around this house. This mm-hmm. house needs me." And same with that scene when she leaves the house, she doesn't want to go. And they barely get down the street, and she's already wanting to go. Yep, wanting to go home to go back into the house. So true. Um, very, very true. That's why the ending. You're seeing the whole family leaving. And it makes it a point to say, hey, we're going to church mm-hmm. because of that dinner scene when Father Bob is saying, uh, I would like to invite you to church. So and she's like, well, I got things to do. 
around here, and he's trying to get out what it what it is she has to do. Yeah. Um, so when you see that ending, you see the whole family leaving to go to church, and then you see that window drop, you know that demonic possession belongs around the house. Yeah. And oh, yeah. So it's not really, it's no longer in um, the mother Katie, it's now in the house. So maybe, like you say, it could lead up to a sequel. It, it really uh, could. Maybe. And I feel I feel that way. Like, it could lead up to a sequel, and then I feel like the way it happened, because, again, my wife was like, it seemed too easy the way the demon got um, exercised out of her. And I agree yeah. with her. And then, like, they, you know, then they get up, they go to church the next day, and the demons, you know, the demons in the house. But it's like, it can open up to a sequel, and I feel... The family feels, I feel like the family, say the family feels it's going to be fine when they go back home, but it's obviously not, it's obviously not going to be fine. It's either going to possess one of them or possess somebody else, or maybe they'll have a baby and it possesses the baby or one of the daughters. Just, it will be a cool sequel. I feel, so Craig and Dave, when you listen to this, you know, use that idea, possess one of the other family members or if they have another child or just something or are they going to, cause it's not like they were moving. It would have been different. Like I say, if they were packing up to move, if they ended it like that, if they were packing up to move and then you see another family moving in the house and you see the demon, with the curtain thing, that would have been another cool thing. Yeah, that could have been. But, um, I think I've, um, we're talking with Craig and he's made a comment. This is, uh, this movie is based on true events. Yeah. And it's true to, um, I think it's from a um, a family that lived um, in his neighborhood. They're close friends of his. Okay. So it's like a small, um, if I remember, I think it's like a small private little. Um, like a little town or. A town or somewhere they're from, and and they're based on true these true events. So I don't know if maybe the family stayed in the house. Hey, but that's a good question. That does really. Um, could open up to a sequel is the fact maybe it goes uh, maybe a, a year later or and you see a new family moving into the house and you mm-hmm. see the curtain drop and you're thinking well the demon is still there because mm-hmm. um, you're right when you watch the end um, and he's doing Father Bob's doing the uh, um, I guess it's an exorcism yeah kind um, of yeah it it, ha- it does happen so fast, and so you're you're watching, and he's, he's really um, putting in these the spells or the 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 prayer that he's given over her, and he and he sees what he do. You see what he does. Um, she, it does. It happens so fast, and next you know she's she's crying, and everything is fine everything is safe and he's telling her everything is good so um and you know without the the budget restraints uh could have been could have shown more yeah i guess um they always say would the the less you see the more you don't under the more you know mm-hmm. um because you can do a lot with just um small visuals yeah, you can. Instead of always showing you every little thing. You can. So, uh, I mean, the ending, like I say, it happens so fast. And like you say, your wife was saying, if you blink, you can miss it. Mm-hmm. So, 
That's why it's one of those movies you have to... Like, when I started watching it, the first time I watched it, like, I didn't know anything about it. I didn't even see a trailer or anything. Uh, I just, I read the synopsis on it, so I watched it. And I was intrigued from the very beginning. And uh, I just focused on what was going on because every scene um, grows more and more. And it's all about that um, suspension. Yeah. You want the suspense and what's what's being thrown at you. Um it's the same with a. You posted that picture the other day on um, uh, the Jaws. Okay. The Jaws picture with they they're gonna rebuild the shark. Yeah, where they restored it. They're re, they're gonna restore it, and if you've seen interviews with Steven Spielberg on the set of Jaws, um, they could never get the shark to work. So, no. that's where they came up with the three barrels. Mm-hmm. Where you see in the jaws is like, well, let's film the barrels because then we can get the shark when we need to see the shark, and that's what makes that movie so terrifying. I mean, you've seen shark movies, yeah, um, since then, and it still doesn't hold up to that original jaws. Not even close. Because you're always seeing the shark, and you're always seeing, and everybody sees when you get to jaws four and. and you see the ridiculous mechanical shark in the water. It's like, this is what Spielberg didn't want you to see. Mm-hmm. He, so he kept having problems with the shark, so he came up with the idea of, so let's show the fin and the three barrels, and let's follow the barrels until we get to the climax, and then we see the shark. Which works. And, which works, and it makes the, the tension building up until that final shot, and then we see the shark, and him taking, like, him throwing the meat into the water. And that shark comes about out of the water, and you're like, it scares the hell out of you. Mm-hmm. So, the same thing with when here, uh, in this movie, each scene, um, it's building this, this, uh, the tension. It's building it. Um, like, from the very beginning, they move in the house, and the older daughter, Kristen, comes home from work. And she's in the kitchen, and she's on her phone. And everybody is supposedly asleep, and she turns around, and she hears some kind of a noise, and she turns around, and bam, her mother's there, and she's like, what are you doing? Yep. Why, like, you need to go to bed, like, because she is now interfering to whatever the mother is doing, because she knows everything happens at night. She sleeps during the day. She does. You're right. And so every scene, even the kids are sitting on the couch, and you gotta love the <laughs> the the two daughters, um, Christian and Maddie. Their portrayal is like classic sisters, teenage daughters. Because my kids are going through it now. We're they're best friends, but like, could you do this, please? I'm I'm doing what I want to do. Could you go get them? And it's usually the so, older one trying to boss the younger one around. Yeah, bossing yep. the younger one around. And the younger one always antagonizing the older one. Mm-hmm. And so she goes up and she sees the mother asleep. And and she's like, well, it's the middle of the day. Why is she sleeping? Because she's always up at night doing things. Uh, yep. Same as when you see in the scene where her uh, laughing in the corner for the youngest daughter. Which was that night. And in this, that night. the cell, every cellar scene too, where the mother was, where Katie was down there. Besides the first scene, the very first scene where she caught her daughters downstairs, I believe it was at night, and 
It's yeah, that's a, you raised a good point with that. Now I got a good question for you before we do uh, before we wrap up. And I always like to try to do little fun ratings, one out of ten. And seeing as how potatoes were a big th- a big thing in this movie, <laughs> one out of ten potatoes. How many potatoes would you give this movie? I'll give it a seven. Okay. Seven out of ten potatoes. See, all right. I'm gonna tell you my very fir- my very first rating when I seen this movie, and this isn't. I don't look at it as a bad rating or disrespectful. Was like a five, five and a half, but now it jumped up for me. I'll say six and a half. Six and a half. Six and a half. Yeah, and it was just like I just really both times I sat down and paid attention to the movie. But like I said, with any, I guess you can say with anything though, listening to something, watching something, reading something, with that second look, listen or watch, you catch more. You caught what you missed the first time, even if you don't remember what you missed the first time, you still catch more. And I feel like if you watch it again, you'll catch a little bit more too. And it just, it, I just feel like overall it was a solid movie, and it was an indie film. And I, I really had fun with this movie. I really try my best whenever I can, whenever I can afford to, to back these movies, these type of movies, the indie films. You know, they have the, like the Indiegogo type of deals. I always try to do whenever I can afford it. I'm not gonna say I do it for every single one, but whenever I can afford it, I try to throw 25 bucks. You know, whatever the Blu-ray price is, which is around 25, 30 dollars. So when the Blu-ray comes out, I get that. And I always try to, whenever I can, I'll indie. Well, anybody's welcome on the horror on this podcast to talk horror with me, but. I always, you know, say, you know, indie, indie filmmakers, indie actors and actresses, directors, everything. Just, you know, shoot me an email and we can come break down a movie, talk about your movie and do an interview. Well, I usually like, actually, I should say, I like to interview them. I like to break down the movie, like say with somebody like you or whoever to review the movie with another fan of the movie. And I like to do the interview with them to kind of see, you know, what their ideas were, what made them make this movie, this, that, and the third, and just... You know, it's fun. I definitely had a good time watching it. Like I said, oh, yeah. my rating has jumped since the first time I seen it. For the same reason you just said is uh, because you catch more. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm the same with you. I, I like when I base my rating on a movie on like if it keeps me intrigued. Yes. If it keeps me engaged in what's going on. Um, and it's not out to, to, uh, a lot of, a lot of the bigger picture films today are always, they're always trying to sell, um, like the studios. I think studios get involved too much mm-hmm. and it ruins the story that it originally gets put on, on screen. And same as you can say, like saying Friday seven, mm-hmm. um, the studio wouldn't back the kills. So they oh. cut them. And now we have, we still have a great movie. Yeah. But it could be even better with what they, what they originally what had, they've already originally had planned, and what they filmed. I mean, if you're making a rated R film, let's go rated R and let's actually show yeah. kill, especially a slasher. I agree. Um, the same with same with this film. Um, first time watching it is like, uh, you got to take the in an indie film it's, mm-hmm. it is low budget so you're not gonna see like the amount of cgi that these bigger films have today which i'm um, i'm actually glad about that though like i don't mind cgi to an extent i love practical effects when movies can like for 
you know, for mainly for like slashes and stuff, but any genre that can do, or any any horror genre that can do practical effects, I I love practical effects. I think there's nothing better. I do understand now. I do get you have to do CGI for some things, but I have like a love hate relationship with CGI. It's like sometimes it's just overdone. And it doesn't really look good. It looks cheap and quick. Other times it looks. Yes. Am- there's times where it looks amazing. Well, not even gonna lie. Sometimes CGI does look amazing, but there's still yes. nothing better than the practical, the practical special effects. Because that's um, uh, I agree with you. Because CGI is a good thing, and it could be a really bad thing. Because sometimes, mm-hmm. um, there's a few movies that I've watched that you see in an IMAX theater with the CGI, and it looks it looks awesome. Mm-hmm. And then when you bring them home and you buy the Blu-ray and you and put it on your TV, it looks like complete garbage. Yeah. And I can name three movies right off the bat that it when you when you buy them and you bring them home, it's not it totally the same. Ruins it. It looks like complete garbage. Um, uh, but this with this movie here, um, I know it was on a on a low budget. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was only like forty grand that they, they made the movie with. Mm-hmm. Um, but it looks really good. Agree. Like the cinematography in it and the visuals that you see in it looks really good. Um, I know I've read some, some reviews where the acting isn't all that great. Um, but again, these are people that, that are going in and making their first film. And... They're putting their heart and soul in them, and you're watching the story. The story is very intriguing. Uh, the first time I put it on, like I was glued to it because I wanted to know what was going to happen. And each character, when you first meet them, there there's a unique uniqueness to them. And with meeting, like you're you're meeting the uh, the sisters when they first come in when they're moving in, and the way they're showing the cameras go, they're showing you, hey, they're coming in, and they're um, you're they're introdu- introducing each person one by one, so you know who they are, even what? down to the movers. <laughs> yeah, which was kind of cool. They do everything. They they do uh, they move the boxes, and then they also come and do pest control. <laughs> yep, and they give you it, the free inspection. It's um, I I mean I get it though. Like with the I'll say with the movers, why they had they had them be movers and. They came and did pest inspections just because it's it's cheaper to have somebody play the same character but doing two different jobs or two different roles than it is to have. Yes, I understand that. Which I, I just, get, and it didn't bother me because it's not far fetched either. There's a lot of people no. in real life that have multiple jobs or multiple skills, and it's like, why not throw it in here? But I mean, no, it didn't, didn't bother me one bit. Oh no, not at all. Like I said, overall, I I really had fun with this movie, and um. It's one of those movies, I would probably watch, I think I'd watch it again, at least one, maybe two more times, maybe even more than that, like later on down the road, but I'd definitely watch it again. I would def- I definitely recommend the movie. I feel, I would say with this movie, definitely sit down and pay attention to the movie, don't be playing on your phone and all that stuff, especially for a first time watch. And yeah, just you definitely miss stuff. You will. And like, just, just know that the movie's not like, um, it's not a slasher by any means, which I've already said. It's a possession movie, but it's like, excuse me, it's like a, um, it's like a slow burn, but not in a bad way. And it's like, a, uh, 
like a calmer possession type of movie, you know? Like a calmer demon possession type of movie. And you're not going to see a lot of craziness in this movie. You're going to see the mother having a bunch of different moods. You know what it is? <laughs> you're going to see the, mo the mother pretty much have a lot of different mood swings. Kind of like that time of the month. But yes. more extreme. <laughs> I like how you said yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's really it's it's more extreme than that because it's it's only at night for the most part and it's like she forgets and just well besides the time where they're out in the day in the car she you know you know what happened there but I, I liked it I liked it a lot and I want to see more of their work I want to see more of the work of the producer um Craig the director David and I want to see more from these from the actors and actresses in this movie, the main cast, because I think it would be fun to see them together. It would be fun to see them do a sequel, obviously, together, but I would also I would love to see them do a slasher film. I would love that. Same cast, if they want to bring in the same cast, but definitely the same producer and director, and just see what they can do with that. And, um, yeah, <laughs> I like I said, it was, it was a real fun movie, and I cannot wait to interview Craig... And David, and eventually an interview. Um, I got to get back to her name again. I'm so terrible with names, and I apologize for that. Was it Elena? Uh, Elena Gerard. Yes, Elena Gerard. And if anybody from this movie, anybody else from this movie, would like to be on my podcast, hey, I would love that opportunity for you guys to be on. Do a little interview with me. Shoot me an email. Horror with Sir dot sturdy again. That's horror with Sir dot sturdy at gmail.com. And uh, you got anything else you want to say, Dave, before we wrap this one up? Um, yeah, if since you said you were looking for future projects from yes. Craig and David, they do have a movie, um, I think it's in post production right now called The Crumbs. Okay, um, so um, and it, it is starring Elena Gerard as well. Oh, nice. Um, so I know the three of them. That's their next project. He um, did see. He didn't tell me the title. I didn't ask him for the title though. But he did say that they, he does have something else coming out, and it's supposed to be, I believe, the beginning of next year, or sometime next year, early so. next year. I think it's it's still in production, but it's it's uh, definitely called the Crumbs. Nice, the Crumbs. Um, or what? Uh, he he has talked about it, and I've I've been on. Um, I actually looked it up on IMDb. Mm -hmm. And he's reading, uh, reading was about. It doesn't really give you much what the movie's about. Okay. Um, but it does have. Um, it definitely has Craig and David. They wrote it, and I think David's in directing it again. Okay. Um, That's good. But I would keep an eye on that. Oh, I'm definitely gonna do that. Thank you for that. And I will say, Craig and David, let me know. <laughs> I will be interviewing you guys, so I will ask about it. But let mm -hmm. me know. I mean. Yeah. Hey. We could do something. And now, I'm going to thank you for coming on. I had a great oh, well, thank, freaking thank time. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Uh, this has been real fun. Um, I'd like to do a couple shout-outs, if you don't mind. Oh, that's perfectly... Go right ahead. Uh, that's perfectly fine. I just wanted to like, give a shout-out to my wife and kids. They're at home. She mm -hmm. hearing me on. <laughs> there you this, go. But I just want to give a shout-out to them. I love them. Um I want to give a shout out to Lance Wagner. He he recommended me to come on the show, and I appreciate you having me. Uh, and he's now a new co-host for uh, Sacrificial Terror podcast. Yep. So definitely check that out. 
Um, I'm going to give a shout-out to my friend Lance Dale, Thad Timothy, and Damon Williams. They're um, really good friends of mine. Um, I also want to recommend a movie that's going to be in the works. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm a member of the Call Classic Horror. So, um, the two hosts of them, the Blood Brothers, Scotty and Danny Bonin, um, they have a movie in the works. Um, they, they're going to do a Kickstarter this week for She Walks the Woods. Um, you said you, you really like paranormal type of films. My, my wife loves it, really loves it. I'm starting to love it. Uh, yes. This movie is called uh, it's called She Walks the Woods. You okay. Can check out their Facebook page, SheWalksTheWoods.com. Uh, um, they have a trailer. Oh. And if you add your email, you can see the first scene of their movie. It is a found footage film. Um, Ooh. Uh, it's dealing with paranormal and, um, but it is a found footage film. But they are doing a Kickstarter on Tuesday. If anybody wants to um, invest a little bit of money into get their um, movie mm-hmm. uh, to, for marketing, they want to yep. show some marketing, and they they give us. I wanted to give a shout out to them, and uh, this movie looks amazing. Like I haven't been one for found footage films. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Paranormal Activity has kind of burned me out on them, mm-hmm. uh, but this movie looks amazing. Uh, um, definitely, you should go and check it out. Oh, I will. Uh, so I wanted to just give a shout out to them and. Oh, that's cool. As uh, everybody that you just mentioned, I would say, um, send them if they're interested in being on the podcast, send them my way. Okay. I'd love to have them on. But I mean, I really appreciate um, you having me on. This has been real fun. Any listen, man. This won't. I'll tell you this. This won't be the last time you're on this podcast. I try to get. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I try to get people who are like just. I love talking with other horror fans. At the end of the day, it's just fun to just sit down and just shoot the shit for an hour, hour and a half, or however long it is, talking horror, talking the movies, reviewing the movies, and it's it's a fun time. And <laughs> yeah, I've had a lot of fun. This has been great. Um, I love talking movies. Anybody always tells me, "Yeah, hey, you want to talk some movies?" Like, "Hey, I got, I always talk movies." <laughs> yeah, and I, hey, thank you for coming on. It was cool. I'm glad you came on. Thank and you. I appreciate it. You're welcome, man. It was. I had a great time. I always, like I said, it's like a passion. I love this stuff. Yeah. And, like, I, that's all I do. I go to work and I have a friend at work. He's like, yeah, he's like he, I listen to all but the different podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, and he's never met anybody that listens to podcasts. Really? And I was like, well, I don't know. I've gotten into more and more over the last year and finding more and more different podcasts to listen to. And I listen to them at work because I do a lot of different things at work on my, I'm on, I'm alone doing what I need to do, so I just have the speaker playing in the background, and oh, nice. I listen to it, and it's it's a good time. And um, nice. I've had a lot of fun being on this on your show, and I really appreciate, appreciate you having me on. Well, I will say this then: just make sure you add this podcast to your lineup of podcasts to listen to. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> and another podcast I do highly recommend: another horror podcast. It's called Three Guys That Horror. Three Guys That Horror. Three Guys at Horror, yep, and it's okay. another awesome, one of my favorite horror podcasts out there. I have quite a few favorite horror podcasts, but they're definitely one of them. My own is my favorite horror podcast, of course, of course. but after <laughs> that, you know, they're they're definitely up there. 
with a bunch of other ones. And um, so definitely check those guys out. They're great. Um, <clears throat> and then if you're into, like, video games, technology, and science, that kind of stuff, getting your nerd on, I do it. My good friend Anthony has a podcast called Video Game Crosstalk. And it's it's on Spotify and all that. What do you use to listen to your podcast? Um, I usually use uh, Podbean or okay. I have an app that just says podcast on it. He's on um, he's on pod he's on both of those. He's on Podbean because he he told me about Podbean, so he's on Podbean. His, okay. Again, so the three guys at horror actually they're on Podbean now too. So three guys at horror, um, video game crosstalk, and then the one I was telling you about earlier, stories from the bar. That's another fun, funny podcast. He's also on Podbean, my friend Chris. So shout out to all those guys. Shout out to all those podcasts. Definitely check those three podcasts out. And you're going to get some laughs out of all of them. Every single one of them, you're going to get some laughs. Oh, yeah, you always find some joy in some. And it's just, yeah, you're definitely going to get some laughs with this one because I get laughs out of this one. <laughs> I'm not just saying <laughs> that because it's my own. Um, Yeah, so I guess, you know, is there anything else you want to shout out or plug or anything or you good no i'm good i was i think i did watch uh listen to your one and you were telling me the story about meeting terry kaiser yeah and, he uh how was he hilarious was he? he's so I, freaking awesome and the <laughs> funny thing was is like i told i told him to his face i told him because i there i'm i actually when we were on the panel i recorded it and put it out as an episode i don't know if i said it on the panel but i know i told him to his face i was like in the movie, I didn't like you, but I was like, here, you're freaking awesome. I was like, you're so nice. Like, we were just joking around talking through the whole weekend. And I have I have pictures with the, with the cast that was there. I have a picture of, it's like me, them, a good friend of mine named Matt, and my brother Rob. Because they, they helped me on the panel with that. So they were up in the picture with me. And then, you know, when I got their autographs, I took pictures with them and all that. But, yeah, it was a oh, great, great freaking time. Yeah, because you, you mentioned him and... I have to say, did you walk up to him and say, it's just Bernie? <laughs> Funny thing you say that. I've never seen those movies. You've never I've seen never, Bernie's? I've never seen that movie. No, I know him from Friday. That's, right. I know him he, from well, Friday the yeah, 13th, part 7. He's uh, Dr. Cruz in uh, yes, Dr. Cruz. 7. But I'm going to, I'm actually going to watch, I don't know when. I'm going to, I'm going to watch that movie, The Weekend at Bernie's, because I feel like I have to watch it. Because he's in it. You have to. Cause it's, I, 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 if I ever met him, I have to ask how he did that. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, he's playing a dead guy, and he's moving around, and he's always making funny faces. I mean, um, Weekend of Bernie's is probably is one of the, probably the best 80s classics. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, there is a sequel, Weekend of Bernie's 2. Um, it's not as good as the first, but it's just enjoyable. Yeah. Um, but, man, that's... Gotta definitely check it out. I definitely will. But, yeah, he was awesome, and... <laughs> I mean, so, yeah, just, again, check those three podcasts out. Three Guys at Horror, Stories from a Bar, Video Game Crosstalk, because I mentioned four, and Horror with Sir Sturdy, of course. <laughs> Make sure you definitely check that one out. Yeah. And um, let's see. I'm trying to think of the – I'm on – I don't know if you're a gamer or not, but I'm on Twitch. My Twitch name is Horror with Sir Sturdy. Um, YouTube, Horror with Sir Sturdy. You see the Facebook group and page I have. You can pretty much, this goes out to all of the listeners, Google Horror with Sir Sturdy and you'll find something of mine on there. Um, I actually did an unboxing video earlier today for Fright Crate, so I'm going to actually, when I'm done recording this, I'm actually going to edit that video and put that up, post that on YouTube. 
What's uh, Fright Crate? Fright Crate, it's um, it's like a box. It comes with like little horror things. Like, uh, well, this is the empty box right here. Well, you can't really see it because of my thing. My bot. Hang on, let me turn this off for a second. If it'll let me. Uh, let me change this background. You know what? Let me wrap this. I'll wrap this episode up, and then I'll show you when we're done recording. Okay. I'll explain it some. But Fright Crate, it's pretty much uh, a horror box. It comes with a shirt and a bunch of, like, little cool, really cool trinkets and stuff. And it's once a month. It's not – but it, this one's, like, first come, first serve type of thing But it because it goes quick. It's a really good box. First time I got it. And I, like I said, I'll show you the box and all that stuff right once we're done recording. And, uh, again, to all the listeners, if you ever want to be on this podcast, if you have some ideas for this podcast, send me an email. It's horrorwithsir.sturdy. Again, that's horrorwithsir.sturdy at gmail.com. And, you again, thanks for all my subscribers. Thanks for listening. Please, on every network that I'm on, every platform that I'm on, like, rate, review, subscribe, share. Again, like, rate, review, subscribe, share, all that good stuff on all those platforms because it does help me out. What that does is it helps, you know, my podcast move up. More people will see it with all the likes, shares, and, you know, reviews, and just, you know, come on the horror pages and say hello. Have some fun on the horror pages. Have some fun on the podcast. Dave, again, thank you so much for being on this episode with me. Thank you. I appreciate it. I've had fun. Me too. Great time. And as always... I'll see you in your 